Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. How are you doing today, Chad? I'm bang average. I am bang average. <laughs> you know, nothing special. You know, maybe I'll jump it up there and surprise you one time, and then I'll often drop a few points. You know, I just feel like being middle of the road today. How are you, Noah? Well, I'm feeling pretty bang average myself. Obviously, a metaphor for how Sheffield United have done thus far this season, uh, and very frustratingly so. I mean, two games on Saturday and then yesterday against Blackpool and Forest, respectively, that arguably we should have gotten way more than one point out of, especially considering how we played. But just a really frustrating last two fixtures and yeah bummed not that we couldn't we couldn't pull either of those games out with a win you know yeah and and not to mention yesterday was made even worse by my SUTV just cutting out you know about 25 minutes from the end of the match and so I didn't get to see either one of the goals because I was about to snap my iPad in half and throw my phone in outside because the geniuses that run SUTV were saying my membership was not able to view the the game. I was like, literally, I've been watching the game for, uh, I don't know, 60, 65 minutes. Um, Hello, anybody guys, anybody working over there that can tell me why my membership wouldn't work? And it was funny because I messaged you and you said, yeah, it's working fine. I'm like, Okay, so something's telling me they don't want me to watch this, and you know, you know, <laughs> sounds like I I missed the two goals, but I, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, and I saw that you tweeted out to uh, SUTV, or did you tweet out to the club? I tweeted out to the club because they put the full time result up in there, and I was like, yeah, wish I would have liked to been able to see both goals get in. So thanks for uh, thanks for <laughs> saying my membership was no good. Um, Catch you on the flip flop later. I mean, the proper way to bitch at a at a corporation or you know at, at at a club at a company, you tweet and then you DM. I mean, that's I couldn't that's the... DM them. I couldn't DM them I, on Twitter. Won't let you DM. It pops up like the notification deal in the corner, and then it usually has that little envelope thing. I don't know. I'm not very good with technology, but I think I looked and I was like, well, I'm just going to send them a DM. Say, hey. Something was going on with the SUTV, cut out and set my subscription. It wasn't working, and I couldn't view the game. Could you guys look into it? So I, I don't know. I have to call the club, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say either you call the club or, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got to figure that out for you, bud. Yeah. But neither of us, unfortunately, will be watching the games this weekend because I have work and you're heading down to Georgia to watch a football game, an American football game. Excuse me. Yep. 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 So So, yeah, we, we can't make them all. This will be the first one I haven't watched in probably about three and a half years. So it's been a long time since I missed. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good period of time since I missed one. I missed one uh, in the premier league last year because it was a four 30 AM start time. But this year I think we've had two or three, 4 30 a.m start times my like pacific standard time and i've seen them all and when we come back and play coventry at 4 30 a.m i will be watching that game and then that's a nice that's a nice tie into the the change of uh our our start time on new year's day that's 4 30 a.m 
Pacific Standard Time. So I'm not going to bed. Yeah, I mean, hell, I'm three <laughs> three hours ahead of you. It's seven thirty in the morning after New Year's. Come on, I mean, you really see where we fall in the whole landscape of you know. Let's put we got to find a slot at twelve thirty. GMT start time. Oh, yeah, Sheffield United. Those fans will get up and watch it. Not thinking about, you know, we got fans all over the world. Let's just dial it back maybe three or four hours, you know, not have what, – what, what's wrong with the 3 p.m. kickoff? Why do we got to do 7.30 and 4.30 over here? Why? What? Come on, man. You're screwing us right here. I'm going to be out partying all night. I'm probably going to sleep through my alarm, and I'm not going to watch it. Completely honest, honesty right here. Well, I probably will just by virtue of probably still being drunk off my ass and just pulling it <laughs> off up on, on my phone and watching it or something. So it works in your case. It, it does. I, I It's funny. I think it was Hal from the Chef United Way tweeted that it was better for me 430 a.m. than it was for them in England at, you know, at 1230 GMT. Yeah, it works out for them. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a rough day for them. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. Anyway, what do you say we get into reviewing our first our loss to Blackpool and then our draw at Forest and getting into our game against Blackpool six minute. There was some great attacking play from our left hand side triangle. That's what I'm going to start calling it now that that triangle of Stevens, Osborne and Fleck. Uh, That's what they that's what they called it on on the broadcast. So I'm going to kind of adopt that nomenclature to describe that triangle down the left-hand side. So Fleck got the ball to Norwood, who took a shot from about 23 yards out. It sailed high over the crossbar, but it was actually closer than he's been on a lot of those when he'll take a shot from well outside the box. So, um, you know, one of them is going to go in. We're due for a Norwood screamer at some point. Yeah. I I mean, you take enough of them, eventually one of them's going to go in. But, I mean, it seems to be like all of his shots either go wide of the post or over the post. And then every once in a while, he'll get one that'll just be straight onto the keeper. I, I don't know. It's just it, – it, it, this was the beginning of the bubbling up of the midfield and how I just went on a rant prior to this podcast of how we just need to recycle the most of the players. Yeah, well, we're going to do a new segment called Gare Em Out. <laughs> in which I'm down. We talk about who needs to get out of the side for the next yeah. game. And there are a couple of candidates in, in, in this match. So eighth minute off of a corner, Fleck put the ball into the box for Njaye, who headed it into the back of the net. But he's called offsides. It did not look offside to me live, and we never got a good angle to tell if it was actually onside. I mean, he seemed like he was, I I mean, I don't know. In, like, the regular run of play, like, I don't know how you can tell that he was either onside or offside because, of, like, just because of the angle. I mean, it looked like he, he was maybe a yard onside, not, not even offside. Yeah, that's what I, like, I, I saw the goal go in. I was like, okay. And then they raised the flag. And then, like you said, all the angles that they had in the ground, they just never had like a definitive, you know, look down the line like we're always where we were used to in the Premier League to like, okay, he's, we know he's definitely offside. We're just going off the linesman's flag. And I, I mean, from every angle, it looked like 
but we were behind the play. It looked like he was on sides, but you know, that was a, a precursor of what was going to happen. You know, yeah. I, when, when that went in, I was like, this is going to be one of those games. We're going to have 500 shots and we're not going to score. Same yep. song, different verse. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 14th minute on the other side of the pitch, Gary Maydean put in a dangerous looking cross, but no Blackpool player was able to get on the end of it. 21st minute off of a free kick Bow, uh, that Bowler took. It went through everyone and Olsen made a one-handed save that saved a certain goal and it goes out of play for a corner. And I mean, really, this is one of the only times that Olsen was tested in the game. Yeah, it, it was. And I mean, he was called to do, he was called into action and he did what he had to do, had to do. And it, it seems like he's, uh, he's getting a little bit better for us. You know, it seems like he's improving. I don't know if he's quite giving his A game. I don't want to question if he's given a hundred percent because like I've heard talked about, we've had so much possession and he has had virtually nothing to do. He has ha- he has to have one of the lowest shot save percentages in the league because the sheer fact of how many goals he or how many shots he sees in a game compared to how many goals go in, it's just it's unfathomable. Yeah, it's like he gets lulled asleep by the game flow, and then oh, okay, here comes an attack, and then he's like, oh, I gotta make a save, and and it goes in. Yeah, I, I again, there's been a lot of folks who have been criticizing Olsen. I still don't think he's you know horrible, but he's been pretty average, and I I do agree with some of the folks who are like, you know, how is this guy Sweden's number one? Yeah, I, I, that that I that I don't understand, but he has been pretty average. He just doesn't face a lot of shots. And I mean, in this game, the goal that we'll talk about in a little bit, like in that second half, I mean, that was a screamer like there's there was nothing that he could do about that. You know, that's more on the defense to try to save to try to, um, you know, defend that better. Yeah. And it's like, how did Olsen get run at Everton last year? I understand Pickford was injured, but, I mean, he played a fair few games for him last year. And it's just like, why can't you go back to a, a shadow of your former self or how how good you are in on international duty? But I think what you said is, you know, it's the people in front of him. It's the guys in front of him that are, are almost letting him down. And, you know, yeah, it's kind of it's similar to Ramsdale. Look at yep. the saves Ramsdale's making now at Arsenal and stuff, but he's getting more clean sheets and he's looking like a world beater because he's getting clean sheets because he has a back line he can trust, back line that have better players and compared to what he, he had to do at the beginning of this year and all of last year, you know? So, right. I mean, you get you got to feel for Olsen a little bit, you know? You don't have the best back line in, in, in the league by far. Yeah, and I mean, look, in years past, I think that Henderson was helped on greatly by the the virtue of having that back three of Basham, Egan, and O'Connell. Yep, and for sure, look, your your back line can make you look like an absolute world beater. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So on the ensuing corner, Gary Maydean hits, uh, gets his head around a largely overhit corner, but it goes wide and to the right. 25th minute and Jaya made a brilliant run to the goal line. He cut it back for Moose, who took a left-footed shot that was saved easily by the Blackpool keeper, Grimshaw, and Moose had to do better there. I mean, he just put it right into the keeper, and it was soft as well, I have to say. Yeah. You you would like to see Moose score there. 
He's almost got it's almost got to be a goal there. But you like you said, soft and easy, easy as you like. It's it's almost like when we get chances that it's just one one on one with the goalkeeper, we hit the softest of balls. It's not like we strike through pace like the other the other day when when Moose scored, he blasted it home. This one is just kind of like here you go, have 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 at it. Here here save this one. So it, yeah. I don't know. It's just something I've noticed. Every time we get an effort on goal, it's so easy for them. And and not picking the corners too. I mean, how many times in the last two games did we put balls right onto the keeper? I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll continue to talk about that, but you'll hear me say that multiple times throughout this podcast. Put it right onto the keeper, right onto the keeper, so on and so forth. And it's just like like you said, it's just the same shit, different day. Anyway, moving along here, 32nd minute, Moose got off a shot after a great pass from the law firm Morgan Gibbs-White down the right-hand side. It went way wide, but Stevens got to it, but nothing ended up coming from it. We gave the ball away. 38th minute, law firm slips a beautiful ball to Njaye, who is wide open in the box. He takes the shot, and it goes way wide, and I mean... You can't be given a better opportunity, and Jaya, he has to score there as well. So frustrating. I mean, this was a game where we controlled possession in that first half. I mean, we had probably 75, 80% possession statistics in that first half. It felt like, I'm sure I'm, you know, utilizing some hyperbole there, but it it felt like 80% to 20% as far as possession statistics are concerned. Yeah, I mean... It, I mean, what have we talked about? A couple chances for Blackpool in, in the first half. That's it. But yeah, we had the ball a majority of the time, and and Jai's just got to be better and put that home. And he just, I mean, that went even close. When when the shot finished, it, that that thing went even close. It, it was funny because from the angle that 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 it was being shot, it just, it looked like that it went off the crossbar, and I was like, oh man. But and I think I texted you as much during during the the course of the game. But when they they replayed it, I mean, it was well wide, like yeah, by a good six or seven yards. Yeah. Anyway, in the forty fourth minute, Osborne put in a cross from the left hand side. It fell to the law firm Morgan Gibbs White, twenty yards from goal, who stabbed it towards the goal, and it went right on to the keeper. Didn't really test him. And you have to feel that maybe if he had the opportunity to take a touch, he might have gotten been able to get a better shot. But it was like, I think, first time and he just stabbed it towards net. I mean, it was a good idea, but he just couldn't get anything on it to test the keeper. We're going to mention his name a lot, but the law firm has just I mean, he's the only one that seems to want to do anything with the ball. Him and Honestly, Yeah, it's just them, too. And it's like we have. What nine other players out there that do nothing? It's like, uh, hello guys, hello, hello. We just can't have two players on the field and hope to hope to get goals because if we just just tr- keep trying to go through this, we're just gonna we're just gonna lose every single game, or we're gonna luck into a goal and then we're just gonna oh we concede it and and we're gonna give we're only gonna get a point. We're not gonna win any of these games. And this, I know Blackpool's. Climbing up the table, and they're way higher in the table than we are. But this is a game we should have won. We yeah. should have freaking won this game. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Chad. I mean, just based on the effort that we put into this game, 
I, we just looked so much better and their goal obviously came against the run of play. And so anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. We go into the half and as I just said, so much attacking play from Sheffield United in the first half and we just could not get anything from it. It was so, so frustrating. And then the second half starts and it immediately, you know, we get on the front foot from kickoff and the ball is put into Baldock down the right-hand side. He crosses it into the box for Morgan Gibbs-White, who gets a shot off, but only barely, and it is saved by the Blackpool keeper, Grimshaw. And again, you you just said Morgan Gibbs-White had a phenomenal two games. I thought he was one of our best players on the pitch in each of these games. And so much, so much good play from him. He put in a great cross down the right-hand side, um, after getting like to the goal line, but Grimshaw was able to pick it out of the air, unfortunately. 49th minute, a wonderful ball is put into Stevens on a break of sorts. He gets into the into the box. He cuts it back for Morgan Gibbs-White. The law firm takes a shot again that is saved by Grimshaw. Time and time again, Grimshaw saved Blackpool from conceding in this game. I thought he was one of their best players in this yeah. game. And how many times has it happened this year that the opposing goalkeeper has been their man of the match, in my opinion? I mean, yeah. how many times? You just mentioned him what, three or four times right there. and I mean, he had saved their ass. Almost every time we went down and had a, a shot attempt, he was saving it. Yep. So, yep. I mean, he, he it's like he turned into a world beater. His back line was terrible, but the goalkeeper was awesome on the day. Yeah. It's one, it's one of those fr- – that's like that's the biggest thing that frustrates me. It's like we could take like okay, we have Blackburn Blackburn at the weekend. They just got thrashed by Fulham seven nil. Okay, Blackburn's keeper is going to go against Sheffield United this weekend, and he's going to have the game of his life, and he won't concede a goal. And it's like every other team's been putting goals past Blackburn. Here comes lonely old Sheffield United. Do 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 do. Oh, here you go. You want a clean sheet? Here, take it. <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but. The way that we've been, the, I mean, the way things have been going in our run of luck, you'd like to think that perhaps we are going to make their keeper look like a world beater at the weekend. Yeah. So, you know, not moments after that chance from Morgan Gibbs White, he gets down into the box. He slips a beautiful pass for Lise Mousset, and Moose bangs a shot against the crossbar and out of play. He went for power, didn't place the ball well, and... It, I mean, he, he, so frustrating. He just doesn't have to strike it with that much venom from, you know, 13 yards out. Yeah, I I don't really understand what he was doing, you know. He he just hammered the ball and it's like, well, dude, you're that close to goal. Don't, don't worry about thundering it in. I mean, from a close-range shot, you can – you can see the percentages of the shot going in from the closer you are to goal is higher. So you don't have to slam the ball in against the, I don't know. It's, it's just, we're, we're having a lot of moans and groans and we're only through half of the first game. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Just wait, just you wait. 51st minute and Jai gets in the box and he gets the ball to Morgan Gibbs white who puts it well wide of net chances galore for the first seven or eight minutes of that second half and then nothing and then you know until they scored really like it was just back and forth no team can get a foot foothold really 67th minute keshi anderson gets a ball from 
uh, Dimitri Mitchell down the left-hand side for Blackpool, and he takes a shot that is saved by Olsen. It looked to be going wide anyway, but the corner is given, and nothing comes of it from Blackpool. And then 76 minute against the run of play, really, off of a goal kick from Grimshaw. He gets it to Keshi Anderson, who was onside apparently and way ahead of the back line. I mean, I felt that this was offside. I didn't see who put him onside. And he gets into the box. He cuts the ball back to himself, takes a shot that sails top left-hand corner, and Blackpool go up and get what turns out to be the winning goal. And I have to say... Stevens, who was running back, he was the one who was supposed to be covering Anderson there. He was very poor on on, on defense. I mean, I feel like if he had tried to like get a little bit closer, close down uh, Anderson, he wouldn't have been able to get that shot off. And so yeah. he like he like turned the other way. He turned the wrong way. He got all sort like all turned around, and that was the reason why Anderson was able to pull it back and sail it into the top left hand corner. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I heard that it was Egan that kept him on sides. And it's just one of those deals, like like you said, when, when they put it to him, I was like, there's no way he's on sides. I said, surely the ref's going to raise the flag and he's going to call him off sides. And then it went in and I was like, uh, where's the linesman at? Flag, put your flag up. No. Oh, God. And it's then he just banged it home. It's one of those goals where you feel that if we had VAR, that's probably getting looked at, you know? Yep. Oh, 100% agree. And that was basically all she wrote. We completely collapsed after that goal in the 76th minute, and we lose to Blackpool, who seem to be for real this year. I mean, I don't think anybody expected them to be doing as well as they're doing. It's likely that they're going to stay up at this point, and um, I don't know. They're climbing up the table. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's crazy where they sit 10th in the league, so it's nuts, but more to your point of those after we conceded we looked absolutely horrible we we offered nothing it's like we gave up we're like screw it we just give up a goal screw it we're just gonna see this game out and hopefully we don't give up another goal we're just gonna okay blow the whistle full time thank you it's over and it's just like dude why'd you guys it's it's like we literally stopped caring i felt like i was watching a game from last season yeah goal goes in we just gave up. We just gave up. And that's what got me thinking, and it it was more to follow after the Forest game, the losing mentality in this side, just we, we can't shake it. We lost so much last year that we cannot shake the losing mentality from the, the Flex, the Norwoods, you know, the Stevens, the Bashams, the Egans, all the players, the Brewsters, the McGoldricks, all the players that were there last year, they have been rattled because not one of those players, if you look in their careers, had probably lost as much as we lost last year. So I think it's one of those things. Yeah, we've we've won a few games this year, and the confidence level and the losing mentality has still not changed in this side. That's why we've become so average to where we win one, lose one, draw one, lose one, lose one, draw, win, win, win. It's it's going to be so mediocre this season. And I think – I don't know if it's one of those things where we just have to shake that losing mentality by getting these players out of the side and, re- and recycling new players into these positions for us to go again because 
in my humble opinion, I don't think we're going to, we're not going to come anywhere near promotion, whether it be the playoffs or automatics. I just think we're going to finish 14 to 15 in this, in the table this year and kind of ride into next year. That that's my feelings. And I said this to you before what we got started. I, oftentimes Chad and I will talk for about five minutes before we start the podcast. And Chad, you did bring up this point and I'm not quite there yet. I still feel as if at some point we are going to get on a good run of form and that is going to see us ascend back into i you know at least the top half of the table and i mean look we are we are six points off of what fourth place six points or six Uh, points off uh play at least the playoffs at the very least the playoffs we're we're eight points behind coventry who are fourth and twenty Stoke has twenty five, and we have nineteen. So yeah, we're sixth off the of Stoke and sixth. So you know, I have to say, one of my friends who's been a lifelong Sheffield United fan uh, lives in the city. He said to me something interesting: "Don't look at the table until after Christmas." And I kind, I, mean, yeah. I kind of like that mentality because. And we've said this multiple times on this podcast in the championship, everything is so tight all the time because I mean, the there's not a huge gulf in quality like there is in the premier league between the top sides and, and the bottom sides, or at least the, like the lower playoff teams and, you know, the mid table that a good run of form four or five games, four or five wins gets you back into contention. And so I'm not ready to write this team off yet. I just think that we need to start, you know, as you said, get getting rid of this losing mentality. And maybe that does mean some rotation. Maybe that does mean bring, you know, Guardiola or Guardiola in, uh, you know, the old man, the re- our resident geriatric grandpa, grandpa <laughs> you know, bringing him in. I Horahan's performance in that in, in that game a couple weeks ago was so poor that I can't really see him starting, but. I don't know. Maybe, hopefully, hopefully, Sander Berge is on the mend and he'll be able to slot into one of those defensive midfield positions. And that's kind of his natural position. I mean, we needed him in years past to play more of an attacking role. And I don't think he ever was super comfortable doing that. But if he's feeling better if from whatever knock he took, I have no clue why he hasn't been playing. And the club haven't really said boo about it as we've said in the last couple of podcasts but you have to have to feel that if he comes back into the side and he's able to make a good impact that maybe we might be able to start turning uh as far as this losing mentality is concerned that you mentioned so man of the match i i mean i think i know who you're gonna say because I mean, he was really the only one who gave a half decent effort and that's morgan gibbs white right yeah it's gotta be the law firm has to be the law firm. I mean, I, I mean, I'd like to go back and count how many times we've given him the man of the match, and he's not even our own player. If if we, I mean, I hope Wolves. Obviously, Wolves won't probably take him back because they're on a pretty good form in uh, the Premier League. But you know, we should look into buying him next year because he could certainly revolutionize our team. You know, he he seems to be playing. He seems to be playing, even though he's a lone player, be playing for the badge. And playing for the club. You know, I get that vibe when he plays for us. Yeah, I can we even afford him is the question. I mean, you know, I, I feel like the prince is going to have to sell his crown in order to even 
you know, fetch the money to to pay for him. Oh yeah. 100%. So, let's get into reviewing our draw against Forest here. Two words describe this game for me and really nobody else besides Morgan Gibbs White had a, a, an amazing game, but the two words are Chris Basham. Yep. Where would we be without him in this game? I mean, not getting a point, that's for damn certain. He was so great defensively. He was fucking everywhere. Yep. Uh, I think I texted you and said, I love seeing Basham back in the side, and he needs to start every game for the rest of the year. Well, it's by just... all accounts, he I, by all accounts he will because it looked Ben Davies went down with an injury at the end of that game um, against Blackpool, so it's looking like he is going to get his shot. And I mean, he made an argument in this game. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, Chad. Go ahead. I, I want to see him back in the side for a long time, and I frankly I don't know if he just didn't fit into slabs system or he had players above him but hopefully big slab gives him a run and we can you know take this into you know the old bash and the old form where he goes marauding back or forward and then he gets back in defense like we saw against Forrest. how many times did he track back and take the ball off the defender's foot yeah you know i mean and he'll go in with a tackle and won't even commit a foul it's unbelievable how good that guy is yeah he's he was phenomenal. I mean, really, really. God, he I, he was the best player on the pitch, too. Like, yeah. it, for either side, really. Yeah. So the start of this game against Forrest was really kind of a feeling out process. Nothing really happened until the 10th minute. And Stevens made a, a nice little run into the box with the ball. And he tried to cut it back, but nobody was there to get on the ball, and it was cleared out. And then the first real action, I guess, was in the 12th minute where Joe Lolly took a right-footed shot from outside the box, but missed to the left-hand side. And I want to just comment on, which I don't do very often, often on a player for Forrest who I really rate highly. And he's actually on loan from from Boro, and that is DJ Spence. He's playing that left, or I'm sorry, that right wing back role, and he was dangerous throughout the game. I thought he was their most dangerous player. Personally. Yeah, I'm, that's uh, that was a sh- that was a random one. I, I honestly didn't didn't pay much much attention to to Forrest, but I mean. You know, who, who did I say a couple weeks ago had the number one team, all-name team? Forrest have a good all-name team. You got Jerry or Ryan Yates, Jack Colback, Joel Lolly. Dude, Joel Lolly, that is a badass name. Lyle Taylor. You said Barnsley had a good Yeah, Barnsley. I think I think Forrest might be up there. And how about their goalkeeper, Bryce Samba? I mean Dude, all-name team. He's first-round draft pick, all-name team, Bryce Samba. <laughs> so I think I think I'm going to uh, slot Forrest in at number two, and I didn't mean to interrupt the game The game feed. <laughs> well, it kind of sums up the first, like, 15 minutes of the game. There really wasn't much going on, so I just filled, I just filled the space right there. Yeah. Filled the void. Yeah, well, as far as DJ Spence is concerned, I mean, he's the kind of player that I'd really like to see us go after at some point. Because he's young, you know, he 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 
he's played with he played for Boro last year. He played in 10 games, I think. He had one goal. And I don't know how his form has been this year for Forrest, but uh I'm by all accounts, you know, the for the Forest supporters really like this kid a lot. I think he's 21 years old. He plays right back. I I feel like he could play more forward as a wing though. He looks like one of those players who could play either position, either, you know, a right wing back or he could go forward and play a right wing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I just talked about getting us a little bit of turnover in the squad, you know. That might be a place we can we can fill. You never know. I checked transfer market. He's valued at about two million quid. And I'm wondering if, you know, we can get Boro to kind of retract him from from Forrest. And then, I don't know, We do we even have two million quid to spend in the next transfer window? That is, that's my question. Yeah. Um, can we have him counts- on a free? Can we get him for free? Can, can we get him on a free or a loan? We'll take him on a loan. His contract doesn't expire until 2023 with Boros, so uh, not going to get him on a free for a while, but definitely is a player that I'd like to look after who I think probably has a bright future. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so getting back into the game here, 26 minute, Garner crossed the ball following a corner kick into the box, and Lyle Taylor took a right-footed shot that missed to the right, and... I want to talk just for a minute about Rian Brewster. He finally got a game back, and I, I know a lot of the a lot of the United supporters out there think that he didn't have a good game. But I want to just talk about a, a quick moment of quality that I wanted to point out because n- like nobody got on the end of a great cross that he put in off of a volley. But if somebody had been in the box, it would have been brilliant, you know, and everybody would have been like, "Oh, Brewster always rated him." you know yeah yeah and yeah it was just by virtue of nobody being in the box he was pinged a ball i don't remember who who got it to him but he he he, like on the volley on like the on the volley first time puts it into the box crosses it but just nobody there to get on the end of it and yeah i mean a lot of people will say that brewster had himself a shocker in this game especially blowing that last chance uh right at the death basically but Again, I don't think he had a terrible game. I think he's playing out of position. And Slav, I think Slav spoke to that and he said, you know, we don't we don't need Brewster as a striker. We need him to play the wing. And the wing is good for him to play. Like <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. That was the greatest I thought I was talking to Big Slav right there. I thought I was I thought I was listening to a press conference of Big Slav right there. Oh my God, that was awesome! Uh, well, showing <laughs> I, I, I did study theater in college, so oh uh, man, you know, just showing my uh, my ability to do a little voice acting there. <laughs> anyway, thirty six minute. Brendan Johnson got in, took a shot that was beautifully blocked by that man, Chris Basham. Again, Basham, fantastic. Thirty seventh minute. Stevens put in a ball looking for the law for Morgan Gibbs White. Luckily, it fell to Bogle, who took a shot and an awkward angle, and it was saved by Samba. So uh, we got a shot on target there, but it just wasn't of good enough quality to really test the keeper. 42nd minute, Brewster got the ball off of a deflection high on the right-hand side of the box, and then he just twats it into the stand. I mean, 
Brewster had a pretty wide open shot there and he just twats it high and wide. And I mean, this was his opportunity, you know, this and that opportunity, like in the 87th minute were his real opportunities to at least test the keeper, but he didn't even do that. And I I know that the commentators, at least for SUTV, they were really getting on his back in, in this moment. And I was very frustrated as well because a goal going into the second half, being a goal up would have just, I don't know. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I mean, we've talked about it. I was glad to see Brewster come back in the side, but you know, when you have a miss like this, you just sit there and scratch your head and just wonder is like, it's never going to break for him. I mean, I hope it does. And whether it be with us or whether it be with a team, some other team, I just hope it works out for him because he, He's a kid that deserves, you know, a chance to be given other than once every blue moon, as it seems like we're doing right now. So just I hope he just keeps on it, just keeps going and trying to get a goal. And then finally it'll break. And I'm telling you, when it breaks, man, it's going to sc- he's going to come good for somebody, whether it be us or, or, or another team that we let him go to. He's going to come good. It's just like he struggles under the bright light sometimes. Yeah, and you yeah. and you look at it. He came from a, a, a side in Liverpool. Yeah, no, he didn't feature in their first team much. I mean, others than a couple of cup games. Other than that, but it's like you've come from a big reputable team like that, and then you come to us. You should just be excelling at this level, man. Yeah, it's just I. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like we've been really cursed with the players that we've brought in over the last couple of years. You know. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. It's and then you read on, you look online, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's Chris Chris Wilder's fault for buying all these players and not developing them, and blah blah blah." And it's like, dude, come on, you're an idiot for thinking that. I mean, it, he bought players that were going to fit into a system, and yeah. and we're in a different system now. And I mean, we have to deal with that, you know. And I just feel like. Big Slav and the Prince is going to have to give Big Slav a little bit of a budget. Maybe, and you're going to get into this in a little bit. I think after the game, you'll talk a little bit, a little, a little bit more about it. But he hasn't had the opportunity to bring in his style of players. And if you look at the players that he has brought in, they've been the best ones. Morgan mm-hmm. Gibbs White, Illiman and Jaye. I mean, yeah. they they have been two of our best players this season, and yeah. for good reason because they're yeah. his style of players. I mean, he, you could even throw Ben Davies in there too. Yeah, he hasn't been bad at, bad at the back. He's had a couple. He's had a. I, I think it's a blip that he's going through now because he's had a couple of games where he's been a little bit shaky at the back. But I mean, all those players we brought in, aside from Ndai, but all the all the players in Hurahan who can't, I guess, seem to do anything. But from the most part, the players that he's brought in has changed our side for the better. Yeah. I mean, you wonder where this team is without Morgan Gibbs-White, without Njaye, without Ben Ooh. Davies. We're in the relegation zone. We're in relegation zone. Yep. Yep. Definite. So right before halftime, off of a corner, James Garner gets it to Joel Worrell, who got ahead to it, but it goes wide, and that brings us to half. And our problem of not scoring in the first half continues, and 
this is this was a huge problem last year as we failed to score period in games but especially in the first half and first half goals change games for us and if this year is any indication of, of that fact and give us the platform to win and we just have not done that in the last few games and i mean you've seen the mixed bag of results that we've gotten yeah it's it's, it's unexplainable to me it's just like i I've got to this point to where I cut on SUTV and watch Kevin Gage. And who's the other guy that randomly stares at the TV or at the screen and just kind of looks like he's just has like no, no like facial expressions. And he's like the plainest person out there. I turn that game on and they're like, they get you all pumped up or try to get you pumped up for the game. And then the game starts and like, I don't know why I'm going to sit here and watch the next 90 minutes. I love this club, but it's like, I know what's going to happen. I feel like I know what's going to happen before the game even starts. And when it gets to halftime, I'm like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. And then when it gets to full time, oh, yep, you know, the result. Okay, this one ends 1-1. Ooh, okay. Didn't see that one coming. We scored a goal at least, but we still conceded. So it never changes. Yeah. So... Neither side really started the second half with much gusto. Back and forth, back and forth until the 65th minute. Morgan Gibbs-White got the ball to Jaden Bogle, who took a left-footed shot from outside the box that was blocked. And then arguably the most controversial moment of the game came in the 69th minute. Nice. Uh, Brendan Johnson, who got on the left-hand side, took a hard touch on the ball and then took a little bit of contact from Basham, but went down way too easily and is given a yellow card for simulation. The Forest fans thought this was a bang-on penalty, but I think the ref got it right. Nothing at all in that. I'm going to go and agree with you because this is right around the time my SUTV cut out. So from this part on, the only thing I saw is the two goals. So I I didn't see this interaction. I did not know of any penalty issue or, or obviously this is going to be a yellow card, but from what you're saying, it's, it sounds like he just went down in the box kind of like almost every championship player tries to do nowadays. And, and, and Prem too. Like in the Prem, yeah. I mean, you see that kind of soft uh, uh, flop in the box all, all the time. But yeah, the ref got it right for sure. And then finally, the breakthrough happened in the 78th minute, and it started with a wonderful build-up play from the back. Basham got it to Egan, who put a through ball for the law firm Morgan Gibbs-White. He got it to Billy Sharp out on the left-hand flank, who passed it back to the law firm, who stabs it home. Great goal, great build-up, and I think Billy needs to start the next game. Real, yeah. real quality here. We need to say we need to change the analogy from Billy Sharp scores goals to Billy Sharp assists goals because I mean, how many assists is that for him on the season this year? Five assists this year, four goals, five assists. Dude, the guy is playing unreal 35 years of age and he's playing unreal for us this year. But once again, we I love Billy. I love him to the day he retires. We can't re keep re relying on 35-year-old Billy Sharp to create, be a creative person. It took to the 77th minute for a piece of creation from Billy Sharp to the law firm to get a goal on the board. And it's just like, we've got all this younger, experienced talent, and we can't get anything 
done until he comes into the game. More, all, all the credit goes to Billy Sharp for assisting this goal and, and having a little bit, bit of creativity to create this goal because other than that, I don't, I'm not sure if we score. Yeah. Yeah. And I look, I think Illman and Jaya needs to be starting games. I, I, I kind of disagree with, you know, starting Moose up front. I mean, if you're going to start Rian Brewster in the game, start him up front. I mean, that's yep. where he's most natural. He needs to be the target man. And I just feel like he's wasted on the wing personally. Agreed. I thought the same thing when I was like, okay, we have Moose and Brewster in the game. You're telling me right there you're not going to start Brewster up front. You're going to start Moose up front. Start Brewster up front and see what he can get done. Because I don't think he's I don't think he started a game with the law firm in Njai in the side. If I'm correct on that, I don't think they've those three have started a game together. No. Like where Brewster slotted up front and, and Gibbs White and Njai are behind him to give to feed him the ball. You know, yeah. maybe that works. Let's try that. Let's not use the moose who's fragile as glass and we don't know when he's gonna get hurt again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Chad. I think that that's, I mean, that's probably a good shout for the next game. So, uh, spoiler alert as far as who you think should be starting against Rovers at the weekend. But, yeah. Um, so, you know, that goal that we scored, it, it kind of came against the run of play with seemingly the game killed off by Forrest, who were, I mean, really content to just sit back most of this game and played kind of some cynical football up until this point. And then, of course, they had to turn it on, and then the response was almost immediate. 83rd minute, DJ Spence down the right-hand side, cut the ball back for Brendan Johnson, who lobbed a ball into the box that no Sheffield United player could get on, and then Lewis Grabin did get on the end of it, took a touch, puts it past Olsen, and that that was it, basically. I mean, what a shambles. Awful, awful goal to concede, and we just can't shut the door, and it's no wonder why we can't keep, keep clean sheets. Like, nope. you know, I mean, defensively, we're just so fragile, you know? Yeah, and it's like, you know how many times we've talked about this year where we've had the ball almost on the goal line and we flick it over the bar? It's you you realize that every other team that scores against us almost scores a goal like that virtually every game, or at least it seems like that, where the ball falls right to them and they just tap it in. And it's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? You know, it's so frustrating. And, I mean, we were so close from the end of this game. And, you know, we scored a goal. We've got – we can't get out of here with a clean sheet. We've got to give the other team a goal. So let's go ahead and give it to them right now. And I, I, it just feels like we've done that like four times, four or five times this season where we'll get a goal, we'll get an important goal that puts us ahead and then concede almost immediately, it feels like. Yeah. We had one more chance in this game. In the 87th minute, Sheffield United had a chance to seal victory. Morgan Gibbs-White caught Forrest out on the break, dashing like a madman. Brewster was wide open to his right. He gets it to Brewster as he's tackled. And Brewster takes a shot that goes right to the keeper. Poor, poor shot selection for Brewster. And that's it. I mean, it's full time. We do nothing with the uh, added time. I think we had five minutes of added time that were given. We could do nothing. We couldn't even really get it out of our half. Forrest had all of the possession uh, after that moment in the 87th minute. And it's a draw. And 
I mean, I saw a lot of people say, well, I'm thankful we at least got a point. Yeah, but this was a game I just feel like was there for the taking. We had the most, the majority of possession, the majority of positive play, and we just could not get that breakthrough to put us a goal up after we conceded. And what can you say? I mean, at the moment, this is a bang average team. And Chad, why, I mean, why don't you just kind of go through like your thought process a little bit more in depth on, you know, the losing mentality, what you feel needs to happen moving forward. I, I guess it started to compile when, when my SU TV subscription membership was not good enough to let me watch the end of the game. So I started, I started thinking of it, you know, we, we went through so much losing last year. And it's almost like I've, I've started to think about this over the past few weeks as well, that we've went through so much losing that our players got almost ingrained in their minds that all we know to do is lose, 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 lose. Cause we lost like something like 20 some games last year. And it's almost like I was thinking that it's, it's almost time for, the Bashams and the Egans and the Flex and the Norwoods and the McGoldricks. I don't know if it's time for them to get cycled through the process and we fill those roles back in with new, new players because it's almost like, yeah, we we've got our wins in this season right now, but we've also lost a bunch of games and we've lost them in heartbreaking style. And we forgot to see, forgot how to see out games and we can't keep clean sheets. It's the same story as the stuff that went on last year. Yes, the talent is different in the championship to the Prem. I get that. So we're going to have more results going our way. But I think we're just going to be in that, like, stuck in that lull. We're, we're in, we have this losing mentality, and we can't shake it. And it doesn't matter who we bring in as a manager. Slav come in with one sole job to get us back into the prem. I don't think in my humble opinion, I don't believe that Slab's going to be here. If we get, if we don't get promoted this year, if we wall around in the, in the league and finish 12th to 15th, he might get pushed out the door and say, all right, we're going to be in the championship for the next three to five years. We might as well take our lumps right now, clean house, get a manager in here that we think could do the job and, Trust me, I have no idea at this point who it would be and re and get the, the championship players that we think best fit in a side that we're going to use in a formation we are going to use, try and build around them, and then see if we can give it a, a go in three to five years. Yeah, we're going to have some years where we're down. We're going to probably finish lower than where we are now. But, you know, after a little bit of time, maybe we start to climb back up the table get in the promotion places, uh, playoff places, and, and maybe win a playoff final and go into the Prem. But I, that is just my mindset right now that I don't see this cha- team changing in the near future. Yeah, we've still got so many games to go. We're, we're basically like a third of the way through the season. But Exactly a third. I, I, I just don't think I, – I just don't think this team is good enough to, to – challenge for playoffs and promotion i think we're just going to be average this entire season string three to three wins together lose two draw two lose two more draw or win two draw one i think we're going to 
I mean, it very possibly could, and I don't even know this if this even equals out. Is it is it possible to have the equal number of wins, draws, and losses? Is that possible? Because I th- I could see us having that exact number at the end of the season. I, I don't know if that's a, it is. <laughs> I don't, but all the numbers will be right close around each other. I have a feeling that's our num- that's how our numbers are going to end. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see us being you know, 15, 15, and 16. Yeah. And that probably get us somewhere around 15th place in the league, 14, 15th in the league. I mean, that's nothing fancy, but, you know, off of the expectations coming into the season where we were, we wanted to get promotion. We wanted to go up through the playoffs, whatever it be, to get back to the promised land. I just don't see it. And I'll get off my soapbox and let you have the airways for a little bit. But it's just something that has been compiling in the last, like, maybe three weeks of just watching this team. It's just like, I don't feel like we have that. We're lacking that killer instinct. And I really don't think we have a leader out there on the on the pitch. Yeah, Egan's the captain. But you really don't hear boisterous, you know, if, it's, if we're being boisterous, it's one player yelling at another player. It's not one player pointing in different directions and telling players who to mark and who to pick up in a corner. It's just kind of like we're playing as an individual, a bunch of individuals and not as a team. That's what, that's, I don't know. That's, that's me looking at it from afar. I think that's, I think that's a fair point, Chad. I think, you know, look under Wilder, it really felt like this group of gentlemen was a cohesive unit, you know, and you know, they had that psychic connection where they knew what the other man was going to do. You knew what your what your opposite uh, or what your partner was going to do if you're on the back line or if you're in the midfield or if you were in the striking pair. And yeah, I just we don't have a cohesive identity yet, which is not to say that can't change. You know, I think Slav is still tooling. He's still figuring things out. I'm willing to give him more of a shot. You know, I'm not saying Slav out yet, and I, I think anybody who is, I mean, just give your head a wobble because I, I think you're a moron. But we need more time. We need more games, and I just, I don't know. Something's got to give at some point. I still remain hopeful, as as you know, uncharacteristic as that is of Sheffield United supporters. I'm still hopeful that you know we can turn this season around and climb our way back up the table. As I said, we're six points off of sixth place, which is the final playoff spot. And that's two games. I mean, it's it's two games. Yes, of course, the other teams that are above us but below that that sixth place, they're gonna they're gonna win and lose game, you know, the next two games um as well. But like I just feel that we're close enough to that playoff spot that where we can a good run of three or four games can really turn it around for us. And we'll have a good opportunity against Blackburn Rovers at the weekend. Nice transition there. Am I right? Am I right? Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> so Chad, have you, uh, have you been paying close attention to how Rovers have been doing this season? Well, after today, they're not doing too good. Getting hammered <laughs> by, by Fulham seven nil. I mean, that was, oof, that was, and they had a man sent off today. They had, oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. I don't know. He's he's Dutch. So I'm going to say Jan-Paul Van Hecke. He got sent off today, and so they were playing with 10 men. So, and then, you know, you're you're running into the immovable object of Fulham, and they just 
they just ran him out of the building. But Blackburn, you know, when you look at the table, you would think, you know, Blackburn, they're probably going to be below us. Yeah, they sit on 23 points in 12th spot in the league. They're, I mean, if we go and beat them at the weekend, we still don't overtake them on points. And one more thing, and the we're only six points from from uh, the playoffs. That six points to me feels like a long, long like in category categorizing it. Six points feels like a hundred miles to me. Like that's how far I feel off. But no, I mean Blackburn they have they've scored a lot of goals in. Thanks to, to Fulham today, they're 25 and 25 on goals for and against. So, I mean, they concede a lot of goals, and they also score a lot of goals. So this should be a game we should win. This should be a game that we win. Simple. It should boil down to Sheffield United should put out the better players than Blackburn Rovers, and we should go and win this game. I agree. I agree with you. I mean, they play a 4-3-3, a very common formation. And who's really been their danger man this year, Chad? Their top goal scorer is Ben Brarrington. He's got 12 goals on the season. So he's been their striking god. I mean, way more than our – I think Billy leads us with about four or five goals on the season. So, I mean, they're definitely putting the goals in. And Ben Brarrington is your guide – that's putting them in. So if we're going to stop him, our back line is going to have our work cut out for him because we're going to have to try and we're going to have to try and take him out of the game. And obviously, you know, he wasn't I don't think he was in the side again against. Oh, yeah, he was in the side against Fulham today. So, you know, maybe his confidence, maybe this maybe we're getting Blackburn on a on a little bit of a bad low confidence since getting thrashed seven nil today, you know. Hopefully yeah. that's hopefully that's a, a a good sign that they got beat bad today. They're going to go into to playing us at the weekend. In you know, maybe we can sneak a couple past them. I mean, that's certainly the hope. As far as Sheffield United are concerned, I mean, who would you like to see? You know, in our in our newest segment, Garam out. Who do you want to see out of Sheffield United's lineup come this weekend? Oh, I think, I think we've got to take. I don't know. I I honestly don't know because Flack and Norwood should go. Get out. Stevens should go. Get out. Moose should go. Get out. And if I had to replace those players, I'm putting Brewster where Moose is, putting Indai into the game where Brewster would have been slotted. And for our midfield, let's bring – let's bring McGoldrick in and we have to use one of either because Hurahan is going to get mop up time at the end of the game. Like he did against forest. He got about 60 seconds of game time and that was it. So, I mean, you're going to have to keep Norwood in, in in probably Fleck as bad as, as bad as I don't want him to be in the game. They're they're probably going to have to be in there because we don't have any alternatives. Where, where does Morgan Gibbs White fit into that into that lineup? And I and would Osborne. slide, I would slide, I would slot Gibbs White over to where Brewster is. I misspoke earlier, and I put Indai in behind Brewster. That's where I would put those two on the right hand side. I would put I would put Brewster up front in in Tuck 
tuck and die in in behind Brewster. You know, almost play like a one and one, and then have Gibbs White out on the wing and Osborne out on the other wing, and then have the two clowns Norwood and Fleck just Jeez. like rambling around in the midfield, looking lost. Well, like they always do. Here's here's how I'd line it up. I mean, starting from the back, obviously Olsen and Nett. Stevens, Egan, Basham, and then I think Balduck comes back in for for Jaden Bogle. In the midfield, Norwood, Fleck, and then Gibbs White and Jaye and Osborne. And then up front, I say give Brewster an out-and-out striker. Give him give him like 50 minutes. If he's not effective, then you, you can bring Billy Sharp in. Yeah, yeah. I think we gotta I think we gotta give the moose a rest. Not that he has done anything over the past couple of games. I mean, he's had a few chances, but yeah, let's give. I mean, for some reason, Billy Sharp loves the championship, so just give him all the run. Just give him all the run. You know, you got a score for prediction for us, Chad? One one. I'm going one one. Goal from law firm. Law firm scores it, and we just we draw. We we draw until I see something else. I'm gonna go with draws from here on out because I don't. I don't see us winning anything anytime soon. I mean, but as I said a little bit ago, we should win this game. We should wholeheartedly win this game. I agree. I mean, we should win, but I also am going to say a draw because I'm not seeing anything from the club right now that makes me think that we're not going to concede and we're not scoring in spades either. So I think one, one's a good shout. I also think that Morgan Gibbs white's going to get the goal. So you and I are of one mind on this. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to touch on before we wrap up here, Chad? No, I think that I think that pretty much does it. I mean, that, that was a lo- that was a long podcast. I hope yeah. we still have listeners at the end of this one. <laughs> well, thank you uh, to all of our listeners for listening to our incoherent rambling for I think what's been an hour and now. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and give the pod a follow on social media. You can do so at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. And Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA on Facebook and Twitter. And you can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Jarvis underscore 13. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder at sunpuck on instagram and at nestman 930 on twitter so until the weekend when we play rovers up the blades chad up the blades come on you red and white wizards <laughs>